Hi there, it's Lucia, host of the Witch Money podcast here. Before we start today's episode, I just wanted to tell you about a really handy new tool from us here at Witch, and even better, it's free. It's called My Money Health Check. All you need to do is answer a few quick questions about your finances, and then we'll do the rest, pointing you towards our brilliant witch advice that we think you'll find really useful. Once again, that's My Money Health Checks. If you want help with cutting your bills or making your money go further, it's the place for you. Just head to witch.co.uk forward slash My Money Health Check. Welcome to episode 87 of the Witch Money Podcast, your weekly hit of money news and personal finance hacks to help make you better off. I'm your host, Lucia Ariano, and here's what's coming up this week. I'm afraid it is just uh, too early for people to uh, be certain about uh, what we'll be able to do this summer. We have seen over the last couple of months during this lockdown, customer confidence a little bit dented in terms of, you know, shall, shall I book, shall I, shall, I, shall I just wait and see what happens? I've given up making any sort of predictions on when travel can take place. I think we can remain hopeful that we'll be able to travel in the UK this summer, simply based on, you know, the speed of vaccinations. With the news that more than 12 million Britons have had their first dose of a COVID vaccine, going on holiday this year might seem slightly more within reach. But before we place our bets, I'm joined by Witch Travel Editor Rory Boland for a bumper episode on travel, where we'll be discussing the latest restrictions along with how they affect refunds and insurance and what it all means for holidaying abroad and in the UK this year. We are Witch. Right now, of course, it's still illegal to travel abroad and in the UK for holidays and other leisure purposes. And yesterday, we're recording this on Thursday, the Prime Minister Boris Johnson warned it's too early to be booking summer holidays, even in the UK. So how likely are our chances of getting away this year? Well, we'll get on to UK holidays later on. But first, earlier this week, the Health Secretary Matt Hancock dampened any hopes of going abroad with the announcement of the latest coronavirus restrictions. We're setting up a new system of hotel quarantine for UK and Irish residents who've been in red list countries in the last 10 days. In short, this means that any returning residents from these countries will have to quarantine in an assigned hotel room for 10 days from the time of arrival. The mandatory hotel quarantine will soon come into effect from Monday the 15th of February. Rory, can you unpack how it will all work? I can certainly unpack some of it. Um, What the government hopes for with hotel quarantine is is really to stop people travelling. Certainly people shouldn't be taking holidays, as you say, that's illegal at the moment. One of the reasons the, the government has introduced hotel quarantine is, is to stop the, the minority, but, but significant minority of people who have continued to undertake non-essential uh, international travel. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this puts a really high price tag on that now. If you go to these, these 33 countries, um, so in England and Wales, if you come back from 33 countries, which includes Portugal, um, it's probably the most important, Dubai as well. Um, you'll need to quarantine for 10 days and you'll need to pay £1,750 per person to do it as well. Um, So it it really is aimed at stopping travel. The the government doesn't want you to be in these hotels. It doesn't want to use these hotels. Um, But it realises that 
you know, there are some people, particularly um, UK residents abroad who need to come home, who do still need to travel. They do still need to come home. The worry is, I suppose, with this sort of price tag and, and what we saw with, with the Australian system, they've had it over there for, you know, over six months, up to nine months, that people get stuck. And people can't afford £1,750 per person. You know, if there's a couple of you, you're heading up towards £4,000. There are still tens of thousands of Australians stranded around the world who can't get back to their country. Mm. There's a risk that that will happen to UK residents. There's obviously far more UK residents. And although we are restricting travel or you're required to quarantine in a hotel from far fewer countries. So it's a little bit difficult to do the maths on, on how many people are affected. We know, to give Portugal as example, there are 35,000 UK residents there. So there is the, the, the hotel quarantine is aimed at completely preventing holiday travel, at least in the immediate term for the next couple of months. Um, but it may be problematic for those people who do have to travel, who do have reasons to come back to the UK. Um, there simply may not be the capacity to come back and, and they may not be able to afford it. The prospect of potentially having to pay nearly £2,000 for hotel quarantine on top of the cost of your holiday puts a big question mark over whether we'll be able to travel abroad this year. And unsurprisingly, we've had loads of questions on this on social media. Rory, let's tackle a couple of the most popular. Here's one from Suzanne on the Witch Money Facebook. She says... If I travel in the future and it's required to prove both on the outbound and inbound journey that none of the party has COVID and that quarantine is also required by a a hotel, can you cancel and receive a refund or move to an alternative date? She also adds, the reason I ask is that many like myself will not have costed for such events and in doing so means you can't afford the holiday. It's a very good question from Suzanne. Rory, in this instance, would you have a right to a refund? I suppose I'd probably perhaps separate out a right um, versus the likelihood. The likelihood is if you've booked a package holiday with a tour operator, you will get a refund. Um, If you look back at what happened in the summer of 2020 when we had those travel corridors, um, those were the countries you could travel to and return to the UK without quarantining in your own home. So this was just having to quarantine in, in your house on your return. Um, But when those rules were changing, the tour operators were cancelling those holidays or allowing people to move their holiday to an alternative destination. So the the likelihood is if you have booked a package holiday, um, the tour operator will allow for that. The the truth is that most holiday companies at the moment are selling holidays with extraordinarily flexible terms. Um, You know, some of the most flexible policies will allow you to change or amend for almost any reason. And, and most of the ones in the middle, the, the majority of the market, if COVID is going to disrupt your holiday and, and having to quarantine, I would say, is one of those things, um, you probably will be able to get a refund. I, I think I, I should say on the question of rights, it's more of a grey area, it's certainly which we believe um, if you are being told to quarantine, particularly at the destination, and that you should be able to get a refund. But some tour operators, a limited number of them, um, don't feel that the the law, they don't interpret the law in quite the same way. So it's not set in stone. It really will come down to who you have booked with. I think TESS is going to be more problematic. And and for me, it it, is perhaps the biggest concern for travel going forward. 
if you look past um, the hotel quarantine and you look past that we're in lockdown at the moment to the point where we can travel. So imagine those things have gone away. We're allowed to travel again. Hotel quarantine isn't required. Tests absolutely are going to be required, um, even if you've had the vaccine. So even in, let's say um, we have vaccination passports, it's another theoretical development at the moment, you will still be required to get tests because having the vaccine doesn't prevent transmission. So you, you could be traveling to a country um, that isn't highly vaccinated. They will want you to test. It, it, and it's not going to be one test either. You know, if you were to travel at the moment, you know, if you were able to do it, you're looking at a pre-departure test. You will probably have to be tested when you get to the country. The UK then requires a negative test to come back to the UK and then two follow-up tests as well. That's five tests. And given that the test cost around £100 a go, that's 500 quid per person on top of your holiday. Now, that is going to get better, you know, as more of us become vaccinated um, the number of tests required is, is almost certainly going to reduce. As more of us travel, um, the scale of testing is, is going to get bigger. So that the price will probably come down as well. But it's not going away. You know, let's say in a really optimistic scenario, we get down to two tests and, and maybe the price comes down to, I don't know, 75 quid a go. Still £150 per person. You know, if that's two of you going on holiday, that's an extra 300 quid. At the very cheapest end of the market, that, that's more than the cost of a holiday if you're going to, you know, Turkey or Egypt or something like that. It, it's a really big problem. And, and to answer Suzanne's question directly, you aren't due a refund automatically because the, the rules um, that kind of govern this predate a pandemic. This is, you know, imagine you were booking a holiday um, to a country that had vaccination and visa requirements you are required to get those things. You're required to get the vaccination. You are required to get, for example, your ESTA to go to the United States. Anything that is about entry to a country is your responsibility. It isn't covered by the package travel regulations. So, you know, at the moment, it, it doesn't look great, your chance for a refund. It, it may be that a regulator, the competition regulator, steps in and says, well, do you know what? Everything has changed. Life isn't carrying on as normal. We need slightly different rules here. Um, but but I am worried about tests. I'm worried about the costs of tests and that people can't afford them and they won't be able to get a refund. To finish that, that, that very long answer off, the, the good news is that because of the flexible booking policies that package holiday providers have, if it looks like you won't be able to afford it to a country that has very expensive tests, you can either change the country or you can change it to, a, you know, you, you can rebook for a few years time and, and hopefully the test requirement will, will have been removed. So it's a worry, but there probably are ways around it. So if you're one of the many people who already has a holiday booked abroad for this year, what should you do now? I saw that the travel provider TUI announced that already 2.8 million people are booked on its holidays for 2021. We had a tweet uh, to Witch Money um, from Joe. He says, we have a family holiday booked for June this year. What would be the best option? One, rearrange for next year. Two, ask for a refund. Or three, wait as close as possible until the date and see what the government rules are. This is the question we are inundated with at the moment at which travel people want to know what to do. So many people moved their holiday from last year to this year because we all assumed things would be better at the start of the pandemic. We didn't realise at the time how long it would go on for. The very best advice at the moment, if you have a holiday booked for the summer, is really just to sit tight. There's kind of two reasons for that. One is 
it absolutely doesn't look likely those holidays will go ahead, but it's also not, de- not definite that they can't go ahead. You know, we, we need a little bit more information. We can be hopeful that maybe the vaccination program will really take off. Lots of will be vaccinated and um, lots of people in the country you're going to will be vaccinated and maybe the holiday can take place. It does seem unlikely, but the truth is at the moment we don't know enough. And the kind of follow on part of that answer is because we don't know enough, because we definitely don't know the holidays are not going to go ahead and holiday companies aren't going to cancel. So at the moment, holiday companies are cancelling up to about the middle of April, maybe towards the end of April. Um, And that will continue on a rolling basis. So as as we get closer to the summer and and, and it's clearer that holidays can't take place, they will cancel. That's important because to get a refund, you need to wait for the holiday company to cancel. So for now, just sit tight until we know a little bit more and you get into that zone where you can claim a refund. Now, on the issue of refunds, listeners might remember us speaking on the podcast last year about travel companies breaking the law by making customers wait months for a refund. Unfortunately, we're still hearing the same story. Just last month, lastminute.com was investigated by the Competition and Markets Authority, or CMA, and it agreed to pay all outstanding package holiday refunds that were cancelled on or before the 2nd of December by the end of January this year. Now, this deadline passed nearly two weeks ago, but we're still hearing reports from customers waiting for a refund. Rory, what's the latest on this? And are there any other companies still dragging their heels with refunds? It's extraordinary, isn't it? The last minute didn't just lie to their customers, that they haven't kept their word to the government regulator either. Uh, if that isn't a clear sign not to book with that company, I, I don't know what is. It's it's not the only one, I'm afraid to say. You know, alongside last minute, we're still hearing about Love Holidays. We're still hearing about Teletext. We're still hearing about On the Beach as well. Uh, what all of those companies have in common is that they are online travel agents. Mm. Um, to, to, to give them a little bit of sympathy, the, the trouble that they're having is that they can't get the money back from a, a certain number of airlines, and that is leading them illegally to delay the refunds to, to consumers. If you're a consumer, you should ignore all of that if you're booking a holiday and just don't book with these companies. Several of them had very, very poor customer service before the pandemic. Last minute in particular has come at the bottom of several um, which travel surveys on on customer service. So don't book with an online travel agent. Um, It it may seem like you're saving a few pounds, but the hassle you will have if you are faced with any sort of disruption, and I I don't just mean that the pandemic, we had people in in 2020 turning up to hotels who were closed from some of these companies. it's really important to avoid them this year in particular because we are going to face lots of disruption. Even when we are able to get back to traveling, there are going to be problems and you want to book with a company that is going to pick up the phone, tell you what to do and give you your money back if that's what's required. And, and unfortunately, at the moment, that is not uh, the majority of online travel agents. Now, another thing many of you are keen to get an answer on is insurance. If you do manage to go abroad this year, what are your chances of getting a decent level of cover? We've been speaking with Kevin McMullen, Saga's head of travel insurance, about how policies have changed. Across the market, there's been huge changes to to travel insurance policies over the last 12 months or so. So I'd say I stress the customers if they're unsure of cover at all for an existing policy to make contact with their provider. 
at Saga, we've introduced cover for cancellation if you fall ill with coronavirus within 14 days of travelling. And we've also included some really valuable cover for medical treatment for coronavirus abroad and support for repatriation and kind of safe return home after you've recovered whilst you're away. But do these changes come at an extra cost? We ask Kevin if Saga's prices have increased. Not at the moment. They're not materially more expensive. They're, there's a small cost associated with, with the additional cover, but it's about providing value for money and, and that peace of mind that the additional cover provides. So I, I think we've been very conscious that have a price in mind when they're booking the holiday and the insurance, and, and we, we want them to be able to get high quality cover for a very fair price and get the value from the cover with that peace of mind that we've talked about. Rory, Kevin talks about the price of peace of mind there. Firstly, generally speaking, across the board, are insurance companies charging more for premiums? But crucially, does such full cover even exist for travel this year? If your destination is put on the red list at the last minute or while you're abroad, or if your trip is cancelled due to coronavirus, are you likely to be covered? I am going to struggle to hide my frustration with travel insurers in answering this question because essentially prices have gone up and cover has gone down. Um, And I think for many of us who deal with insurance, not just travel insurance, that feels like a very typical experience um, from, from an insurance policy. You know, Travel insurance remains important um, for all the reasons that travel insurance has always been important. You know, if you, if you slip by the pool in, in Florida, it, it is what's going to pay for very expensive health treatment and, and potentially to get you home if that's what's required. Um, it, it covers you against all sorts of other disruption as well. It is hugely unhelpful for coronavirus. Um, there are lots of, of travel insurance policies out there that cover you for almost nothing. Um, there's then a, a group, I think, which looked at around 73 and, and found just over 10 um, gave you kind of okayish cover. So they covered you for a number of, of um, coronavirus related disruption. But not one of those policies we looked at was comprehensive. The, the big gap that they all had was they wouldn't cover you if FCDO advice changes. That's the advice the government gives about whether you should travel to a destination. At at the moment, that doesn't really matter because the government says you shouldn't travel anywhere. But what we can expect to come back, um, you know, at some point this year or in 2022, um, is a a more fragmented list where the government says it's okay to go here for a holiday, it's not okay to go there for a holiday. Um, and, And that's where, you know, travel insurance and those holes become important again. What's useful is, again, package holiday providers can now cover you for this through their flexible booking policies. Because if you book a package holiday with a reputable tour operator, um, they will not take you to a country that the FCO has advised against traveling to. And if they cancel your holiday, you'll be able to get a refund. So the best advice at the moment is if you are going to book is to combine one of the better um, travel insurance uh, policies that you can get with a good package holiday provider that has that flexible booking policy. If you get those two things, just to throw in one more bit of protection, book with a credit card as well, you're kind of covered for almost all angles in that case. So with all the challenges of going abroad, could 2021 be another year for UK breaks or as Matt Hancock predicted, a great British summer? We'll hear Rory's thoughts on this in a moment. But first, we've been speaking with Jill Haig, the MD of Tourism Cumbria, about the demand she's seen for British holidays this year. So clearly we've got people who um, had their holidays frustrated um, because of lockdown. So they will have um, 
you know, rebooked. So that's good. We had people who came last year um, who loved it and want to come again. So that's great. I think in fairness, we have seen um, over the last couple of months during this lockdown, um, customer confidence a little bit dented in terms of, you know, shall, shall I book? Shall I, shall, I, shall I just wait and see what happens? So um, we are starting to see um, an increase in people indicating that they want to come now. But clearly the messages that government putting out at the moment um, are, are very challenging in terms of people thinking about going abroad. But it's fair to say that we do expect to have um, a strong season once we're allowed to reopen. We've been closeted in our homes for a long time now. You know, I'm looking out the window today at, at blue skies and snow-topped mountains. It, it's stunning. I hope that people um, take the opportunity to, to just dig a bit deeper, um, explore a bit further, enjoy the experiences that they have um, and come back um, more than once. And from Cumbria to Cornwall, Malcolm Bell, the chief executive of Visit Cornwall, raises the interesting idea of workations. So we are expecting, uh, to be honest, a full on summer and then the ability for digital workers to even come down here and have workations. We're doing a bit of work and a break because if you're stuck in your home working all the time in the middle of winter, why not come down in the winter and have a break next year and maybe do the odd meeting, stay on top of the emails a bit in the evening but get out and enjoy the coast and the beaches during the daytime and have that break from what can be quite a long winter that normally people wouldn't bother with, but the technologies now prove we don't have to be at the desk and in the office. A trip to snow-topped mountains certainly does sound appealing. And now I haven't heard the term workcation before. It is something that actually has crossed my mind. Rory, is it fair to say that sticking to the UK is your safest bet for a holiday or indeed workcation this year? And when would you consider a safe time to book, if any? You are not going to tempt me into using the word workcation. Uh, I, I can understand um, what we're talking about. You know, uh, people are not necessarily attached to an office at the moment. So so relocating to work in a, another part of the country is is hugely attractive, of course. And and you know, for the likes of Cornwall and the Lake District can, can offer benefits because those are parts of the country where there are lots and lots of holiday homes that can be empty for long periods of the year, which, which is a problem for their economy. And um, having people live in them for longer pre- periods is probably a positive thing. Uh, on, you know, UK travel this summer, I've, I've, I've given up making any sort of predictions on when travel can take place. I think we can remain hopeful that we'll be able to travel in the UK this summer, simply based on you know the speed of vaccinations. When that is going to happen, it's impossible to, de- to say. You know, we know that the the Boris Johnson is going to make an announcement on the twenty second of February about some sort of reopening for the country. We don't know what that's going to be. I doubt he does at the moment because there's still a little bit of time before that takes place. Um, but I do think we'll be able to take UK holidays this summer. Um, uh, probably across most of the UK. If I was to give some advice, it'd be a couple of things really. Um, if you're looking at booking, um, we've talked about it all through this podcast, you've got to look for flexible booking policies because even if we do reopen, the chance of local or national lockdowns um, kind of forcing a cancellation of your holiday is, is, is relatively high. You know, we don't know when those will come back in. Um, so probably 
definitely you want to book with an operator that can give you that flexibility to change things if you have to. If it were me, I probably wouldn't book across country lines. Um, so we've seen England, Wales, Scotland, Northern Ireland taking different approaches to lockdowns and rules um, and restricting travel across those borders or, or fining people if they do. So if you're in England, it's probably too risky in particular to book a holiday in Scotland would, would be my personal opinion. I'd also avoid booking in large groups. Um, if anybody remembers the, the wonderful phrase rule of six, we're probably going to see something like that come back again. And um, so, you know, as much as we want to see all of our friends and family booking a holiday cottage for 14 people, it's probably not very sensible. And, and it can be very difficult in that case to get your money back, um, you know, if all the people can't take up the booking. My final tip would be to, if you can, look beyond Cornwall and Devon and the Lake District for your holiday. They are going to be extraordinarily busy. Um, that worries the residents there, you know, it worries them about infection rates going up. It's not going to be a fun time for you either, you know, if, if the, the pubs and the beaches are packed. A lot of people are going to feel quite anxious about that given social distancing. The UK is huge. There are some fantastic parts of it. They may not be quite as sunny as Cornwall and Devon, although, you know, it, it, it's Essex and Kent where you really should be going for, for the best of the sunshine. Um, if you pop on to the witch.co.uk website, um, Witch Travel has done a roundup of nearly 100 seaside towns. And, and you'll find in that that people's favourite places are, are not, in fact, Devon and Cornwall because they feel they're too busy. And um, there's lots of places up north, the likes of, of Tynemouth, and um, some fantastic places on the North Welsh coast as well that people really like. So I'd, I'd really encourage people to spread out. And, and if you don't have children, you're not attached to the school summer holidays. I know it's sunnier in August, but September is going to be a much better bet. Again, things are going to be quieter and prices will be a little bit less because it, it is almost certainly going to be an expensive summer for holidays here. Thank you, Rory. And thank you for listening to this episode of the Witch Money podcast. If you've got a comment or question on anything we've mentioned today, please let us know in the comments wherever you're listening to the podcast or on social media at Witch Money. For more on the latest travel news and advice, as well as loads of recommendations of the best places to visit, go to witch.co.uk forward slash travel. This episode of the Witch Money podcast was produced and edited by Rob Lilly with additional supports from Ian Aikman and Kim Carver. Mm-hmm.